If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Uh, you inter- yeah, inter- introduce our boy. Huh? Introduce him. Well, how about he introduce himself? Since I, Nick and I, Nick and I had briefly met. Nick, this is Adam, who's talking to you right now. We got a chance to briefly meet at Olympia. I got a chance to run over to him. He was busy as shit though, taking pictures and shaking hands. With Nick, everybody. how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, it's Cheadle, as if it was a double E. Nick Cheadle, very good. Fitness celebrity. Love your page, man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, great it. information. Appreciate it. One Thank of you. the one of the few pages on Instagram that um, is accurate. That actually has accurate, good advice uh, for you know everyday people who want to get in better shape. Matt, I appreciate that. I uh, I'll definitely try and help if I can. Nick, uh, share with us a little bit of your background. Obviously, uh, you've you've had to been in fitness for quite some time to have the knowledge that you have. Where, where does a lot of your fitness knowledge come from? Uh, yeah, so I've been uh, I guess in the industry for uh, probably seven or eight years now. I started off as a personal trainer uh, when I was about nineteen. Um, pretty fresh out of school, uh, I decided I really wanted to get into the the whole sort of um, learning about how our body works and how we can make it better. Pretty uh, pretty quickly after I left school, and uh, from there, I, I guess PT just seemed like the logical route um, for me. You know, when I first began, I was really into the whole clean eating thing. Um, you know, I, I really sort of ate in a restrictive manner, thinking that it would ultimately get me to where I wanted to be, and I guess as a consequence moving forward, it's it's ultimately molded who I am now uh, and and really sort of sparked an interest in how can we do this in a a more sustainable manner. Uh, And from there, I guess uh, I've done uh, a few courses uh, which have sort of helped me learn uh, about specific topics along the way and ultimately a lot of research myself. Uh, I think following the right sort of people on social media and, um, you know, the right sort of people that that, um, share the information that they know and love as well, uh, has really helped. But I guess at the end of the day, it's, it's a desire to learn more and ultimately put in, uh, in time to, to really do the research and, and figure out how we can do things better. Now, when I look at your, your Instagram and some of the stuff you post, uh, it seems like your workout philosophy centers around a lot of you know the big gross motor movement, compound exercises, more of your full body type routines, not not so much your body part splits. Is that correct? And if that is, how did you how did you come upon that? Because uh, you know the opposite is what's so popular uh, nowadays, and it's kind of hard to cut through that baloney. Yeah, man. So when when I first started, I was really into my high volume style training, uh, but I guess re- more recently, definitely looking at uh, I incorporate a lot more strength based work into my uh, into my training. Um, a lot of uh, I guess uh, I think the best way to, to consider it is sort of a, a power building style training regime where we're looking at incorporating some strength and power lifting style movements, obviously some big heavy compound lifting uh, with more of the bodybuilding uh, type, uh, I guess, exercises and, and training sessions as well. So um, to be honest, the way I got into it, I, I had a bit of a shoulder injury which really uh, restricted what I could do in the gym. So I just decided to get um, to, to try and, and get pretty good or, or get a, a lot stronger at squatting and deadlifting because that was just about all I could do in the gym, which led me to periodized training and daily undulating periodization uh, and a way to incorporate that into my routine so that I could ultimately use that to uh, to grow and, and progress in an optimal manner. Um, it's all about 
playing around with intensities and, and frequency of training in order to ultimately increase volume over time. And now it's just, uh, uh, I guess, you, know, you practice anything enough, it becomes a habit, but it's also something that I really enjoy and, and ultimately allows me to continue progressing in the fashion that I like. How frequent do you train uh, each body part? Because you said about, you talked about frequency. Um, you know, is it, is it like the typical once a week or you, or you, do you finding better results training more frequently throughout the week for the, for the body? Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, the way that I train is slightly different to, I guess the typical bodybuilding routine. Um, I, I try and hit everything two to three times per week, um, and, and structure my training accordingly. So w- without fail every week, I'll be squatting, deadlifting, and ideally bench pressing two to three times per week, depending on the phase of the training I'm at. I mean, rather, and my specific focus at the time. Um, I will look at adding in specific accessory work uh, on any given day in order to make sure that throughout the course of the week, I'm, I'm ultimately hitting um, each muscle group at least twice and any that I wish to work on three times if possible. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, I do tend to focus more on the compound movements. For me now, I don't, I don't really train, you know, arms uh, and, and calves and stuff like that all that regularly. Um, for me, it's more about, I guess, maintenance of those those smaller muscle groups. I'd rather focus on the bang for buck stuff. What's going to get me the best return given the time I'm spending in the gym? Very, very similar. Very similar to how I train. Only I have to hit calves like four or five times, or else I'd have just a tibia. So I, <laughs> I already have excessively small calves. If those don't get introduced in there, I'm fucked. But uh, that's that's very similar. You know, I've had the pleasure of got. You know, Nick, do you remember when we first touched bases? Uh, it was a couple of years ago, right? On, on I, don't, I don't know if you remember that or not. I've been following you since then. I've been following you since. Uh, I don't think you had more than ten ten thousand followers back then. And it was a while ago. I think. Uh... Yeah, I think it was definitely a couple of years ago now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it quite some, yeah, been some it's been great too because uh you you like Sal was saying, um, there's probably a handful of pages that I actually get on and actually read the content because I enjoy what they have to say because they actually say a lot of intelligent stuff and you happen to be one of those few. This is a reason why I've been fighting for the to get you on the show for some time. So, I wanted to to talk to you a little bit cuz I got a chance I watched you go through this also way back when you first were uh, doing W uh the WBFF and you first, yep. uh, before you even got sponsored by Optimum Nutrition, kind of talk to me about that. Was that something that was an ultimate goal for you when you first got into competing? Like what got, what made you want to compete? Was it ultimately for business? I mean, what was going through your head with that whole process? I'm curious. Um, and the very first time I competed was, uh, I guess for a number of reasons. Uh, the very first show I did was, um, probably four or five years ago now. Um, for me at the time, my entire focus was just about being shredded and looking back on the photos, uh, I look like, you know, a skinny teenager on stage to be, to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, you know, it, it was a goal that I wanted to achieve. Uh, and to be honest, uh, I made a bet with a mate at the time that, uh, it was a bit of a competition who could make it onto the cover of a magazine first. And the competition that I ended up choosing had that as the, uh, the first prize. So, um, that was one of the reasons that I ended up doing that show. Uh, and I guess from there, it just became a little bit more about being able to showcase, I guess, my skills or um, you know, the way that I can do things. I did the WBFF show, uh, I guess, in April last year, 2014, um, because I really wanted to bring everybody along with me on the way and show how I could incorporate flexible dieting principles into a competition prep. Um, back then... Uh, I guess if it fits your macros and, and flexible dieting 
was really, uh, I guess, just starting to come out of the woodwork and I really wanted to show people that you don't have to live this, you know, just completely boring and restrictive lifestyle in order to get stage lean. Right. Uh, fish and tilapia so, only, right? <laughs> the fish and tilapia diet that most competitors do. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much the only one backstage just sucking down water. Everyone else is absolutely terrified of the stuff. Um, but for me, yeah, I just wanted to use that as an outlet and use it as a, you know, a, an opportunity to show that you don't have to do stuff the hard way to get to where you want to be. Uh, and I guess now moving forward, whilst I don't really ever, I don't think I'll ever consider myself a competitor, I think it's important to continue to do just to uh, ensure that I stay relevant and show that I can still, I guess, walk the walk. What do you, uh, what do you see in the fitness industry now that, um, I guess, gets on your nerves the most? Or what do you see in the fitness industry now that makes you shake your head? Because there's a lot of things that we talk about on the show. Um, and I'm just wondering if you see some of the same stuff we do. Yeah, um, I guess there's a few things. Um, there's, a, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to badmouth anyone or, or, or look at you know, aiming at specific individuals. But yeah, I've always been uh, a fan of, uh, I guess, honesty being the best policy. And I think there's uh, there's a lot of myths being perpetuated in the fitness industry by people that have. Yeah, maybe a lot of people following them, or, or a lot of pull within the industry, uh, rather than you know essentially saying this is actually what I do, uh, rather than uh, you know pushing products or, or or doing that sort of stuff. I think there's a lot of people in the industry that may have a big following, but maybe they haven't got that following because they know a great deal about the actual process. I think if there were more people uh, interested in the education aspect of you know how to do things and how to go about training and nutrition and, and that sort of stuff, I think the industry in itself would be a better place. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah, your your approach has um, you know, health and longevity seem to be priorities as part of your approach, not just um, you know the way you look, um, but rather living a healthy lifestyle. Uh, is, is that accurate? Absolutely, man. I think I, I, ultimately, you know, most people get into the gym because they want to look better, right? I reckon ninety-nine percent of people come into the gym because they want to look better, which is absolutely fine. I mean, that that is legitimately the reason that I first started training. Um, I think everyone is fairly similar in that regard. With that said, it's not like we all want to look good for just a short amount of time. Given the opportunity, I'm sure everybody that walks into the gym will say, "Yeah, I absolutely want to look my very best." for as long as possible. For me, it's always been about figuring out how you can do that in the healthiest and longest way possible. Um, I guess the longevity thing is key, but in order for it to be you know, um, sustainable in that regard, it, it typically has to be healthy too. So the, the two come hand in hand. Um, I guess for me, when I first started doing the whole clean eating and restrictive lifestyle type approach, I just felt there was always going to be a time limit on it. Uh, and I, I really felt like I could only stick to my approach for so long before I'd ultimately fall off the wagon. So for me, it, you know, originally it became about how can I do this in a manner that is conducive to longer-term success? And for me, that is the biggest thing because if you are getting into training and nutrition and, and, and bettering your physique and, and furthering, um, you know, furthering your training career – you really need to do it in a way that you can set yourself up for long-term success. Otherwise, you are likely going to continue to crash and burn. 
Now, do you do you train people personally also, or do you just do the online virtual um, stuff? You know, with your programs. Yeah, man. So I, I still do um, one-on-one personal training sessions. Uh, it obviously has taken something of a back seat um, over the last sort of year or so, uh, but I still do anywhere between sort of ten and twenty personal training sessions a week. I work out of a, uh, a big. Um, gym franchise in Australia, Fitness First. I, uh, I work at one of the uh, the gyms just near North Sydney. A gym looks uh, badass, you, by the way. You got a great gym, by the way. That gym looks badass. Yeah. Yeah, I think we uh, it got renovated or refurbished uh, about a year or so ago, and we absolutely lucked in. We uh, we got the absolute pick of the equipment. We got all of the uh, the lifting platforms and the racks, and it's uh, it's a great place to train. We're very lucky. We're how, very lucky. How is fitness over there in Australia? From what I heard, it's it's pretty big. Yeah, I think it's big. Um, I, I don't think it's anywhere near on the scale that it is in the US. Uh, I know for me personally, I uh, obviously travel to the states in uh, just in September for the Olympia, and uh, I got to spend some time in LA, and I got some, to spend some time in Vegas as well. the The scene in LA is is just awesome. It's an absolute buzz. Uh, it feels like there's a lot of people that are all there for the same purpose. I think in Australia. Everything is just a little bit more spread out. No one's really sort of in a in a concentrated area, uh, and, and there isn't that same sort of buzz, or certainly not to the uh, the extent or, in, or level of intensity that there was in in LA. I think uh, hopefully it would be would be great to see the Australian scene get to that, but um, I think yeah, definitely in LA, it, it's a much busier experience, and and in the states in general, I think. I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the business side for you because for us it's it's really important when we, especially when we have somebody on here that we have a lot of respect for as far as how, how you conduct business. And we, well, we we consider you one of the people who's kind of ahead of the curve in terms of the direction of the of the fitness industry. Yeah, as far as training philosophy and and your views on on nutrition, your views on training and. Uh, just how you deliver that and the message that you're trying to send, which is, is very, very important to us. And, you know, it's important to us, too, that uh, that we can represent someone like that and, and plug you that way. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you do for, for revenue right now. I mean, what is your, your main? You said you only train about 20 hours. So if that's kind of taking a back seat, obviously, you're probably doing a lot of business virtually. Are you mostly coaching clients? How does that work? I mean, I've kind of dug in a little bit of your website. Um, tell me tell me uh, how that works for you. Oh well, I uh, I appreciate the plug, guys. Um, yeah, so the majority of my business is based around online coaching. Um, I think for me, the challenge has always been um, how best to scale without necessarily losing the individualized approach. I think there's a lot of options out there as far as generic cookie cutter programs, and that is obviously one of the big things that I really can't stand. Um, Whilst obviously a good good earner, if you've got you know, a, a large audience to throw them to, um, I, I'm really against the whole one size fits all, all uh, approach. Um, so I work individually with all of my clients, uh, the majority of which is is all as you guys say, virtually based. I run a lot of stuff through email. Um, I have a, a big Facebook group for all of my clients, so we can all interact together. Um, and from there, it, it's it's basically ongoing communication. Uh, I work one-on-one with each client that I have. I don't employ anybody. Um, for me, it's all about making sure that at the end of the day, the client is happy. So programming, nutrition, and training-wise all comes down to specific goals, you know, current body composition versus target body composition uh, and obviously working within their means. So that means coming up with something that is obviously 
as discussed, sustainable and and something they can stick to for a long period of time. So that over uh, you know over time, they're looking at making lifestyle changes uh, and and really growing into a lifestyle that they can continue for the rest of uh, you know, their years to come. As far as uh, I guess other sources of revenue, I've got a couple of books coming out. Um, my website is. Soon to be relaunched, I'm really hoping. Uh, it's been a three-month process that is now up to month ten, so uh, <laughs> there's going to be a uh, going to be a membership-based uh, section of my new website as well um, to sort of, I guess, help with that level of scale as far as uh, business is concerned. But again, looking at, at putting out a higher quality of information for people that are wanting to subscribe more, I, I guess, training-based videos and, and technique stuff, as well as a lot more interactive processes on how to do things for yourself so people can take stuff away and apply it to their own training and, and essentially write things for themselves. I recently did a, a newsletter blast, I guess you could call it. It was, it was basically a, a course which people could subscribe to for a small fee um, which basically told them how to write their own strength programs so that they could continuously do so um, time and time again to make sure that they continue making progress and, and so on and so forth. So things like that are what I'm concentrating on now. Uh, I guess for me, it's it's now a process of how can I get that further scale without removing the individualized nature of the service and product that I'm trying to push. Which is really tough to do. I mean, that's uh, I like you, I, I do the same thing. A majority of my business is done virtually. And I really have a hard time once I get over about 10, 10 to 15 people. I try and limit myself because I've, I've been up to 20 before and I find it really tough. I just don't have the systems in place to give that individual touch. So I normally have to cut cut off at that point and then I just have a waiting list. Have you found yourself the ability to to scale up further than that or about how many people do you carry at a time? What, how does that work for you? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's definitely something that I've become better at doing over time. Time management was a real issue for me when I first began the online coaching. I, I really didn't um, have any systems in place when I first began either. Um, but I think over time, I've learned how to manage more uh, and, uh, and and take on a few more clients. I typically draw the line around the 50 mark. Um, but that being said, that's you know largely in line with the fact that I only do 10 to 20 sessions a week. Um, so the rest of my time is, is literally spent on the computer. I have more than enough time to, to sort of manage that amount of clients, but I do find if I get over that number, then that is where the waiting list will come into play or I'll, uh, I'll shut down. I think earlier this year, I, I took two months off I, I, or rather I, I stopped taking clients for a period of about two months to, uh, you know, make sure that I could continue to give my, my current clients the level of service that I feel they deserve. Um, but for me, yeah, probably that 50 mark is, is around where I sit or definitely draw the line um, because, yeah, I, I agree. The, uh, the level of individual, uh, individualization uh, definitely begins to decrease uh, as you increase your client base. And for me, I've always wanted to make sure that uh, none of my clients walk away thinking I was just a number. Now, you get a lot of your clients through social media, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, probably a, a vast majority of, yeah. How, now, how did you grow your page uh, so large? Uh, because I know there's a lot of people listening. Right? I have a lot of trainers that listen to Mind Pump and people who want to be in the industry. And the reality of uh, today's fitness is social media is a big part of it. You know, It wasn't 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But today, uh, if you're not taking advantage of social media, you're missing out. Do um, you have any advice or tips on how to grow a, 
a pay because I think you have how many pay, how many followers do you have on Instagram? It's like over a quarter million. It's over a quarter million now, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah. Any tips? Um. Yeah. Look, I've I've always I've always can uh, you know I've always thought that the more I give out, the more I typically tend to get back. Um, I, I've always tried to ask myself why should people be following you, uh, and for me. You know, because I, I, I've never considered myself an athlete, I, I've never really thought about just posting up, you know, photos of my physique or, or photos of my abs or whatever, and just, you know, hoping that people will follow me because they like the way they look. I've always tried to add value to everything that I put up. Um, every single post that I put up is either well thought out, um, trying to drive people to something else which they will benefit from, or trying to add value to their own training or nutrition or whatever in one way or another. Um, and I think ultimately the more engaging the content you put out, the more people are likely to ultimately engage with it. Uh, and if you can encourage them to tag their friends or, um, you know, like your content then there's every chance of that going more viral. And then obviously once you get to a stage where maybe you can throw a little bit of cash at it, then I would absolutely suggest getting in touch with uh, some of the bigger pages and, and supplementing with, uh, you know, some Instagram style advertising. Unless you're mind, uh, unless you're mind pumping, you've talked shit about ninety percent of them. Nobody wants to, <laughs> nobody wants to post you on the. <laughs> and you probably want to get that on the download. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, you, uh, Nick, do you are you uh, pretty regular as far as listening to Mind Pump? Have you listened to a lot of episodes, or what's? Uh, I know you're a busy guy and stuff. Uh, have you had a chance to listen to a lot of the shows? Uh, I haven't listened to as many as I would have liked just yet. I've got them downloaded. It's just uh, a matter of finding the time. I've uh, I've heard a couple of your guys' episodes. They're uh, they're, they're good. They're good. <laughs> Good. Set. So, uh, because you're a, you're a trainer, and we have a lot of people listening who want to hear some fitness advice, uh, yeah. list uh, list your top five most effective exercises. What's what, what do you consider to be the most effective exercise? Because you talked about bang for your buck, you know, yeah. exercises that really give you the most results uh, for the time that you spend doing them. Yeah, your five favorite. Yeah, what are your what are your top five? Top five. All right. Uh, without doubt, squat is number one for sure. If you're looking for a full body exercise, that is it. People underestimate how many muscles you actually use when squatting. Uh, and in fact, today's newsletter, uh, if you guys have signed up, is, is discussing the, the, movement of it, the movement in its entirety. But um, squat would absolutely be number one. Now, do you, perform, just, just a- do you perform that squat uh, high reps, low reps? Uh, what have you found to be the best for you do, or do you do it all? Yeah, man, I do it all. So I guess, uh, you know, you, you heard me mention DUP, daily undulating periodization, uh, a little bit earlier on. Basically, that refers to fluctuating intensities and, and ultimately weights uh, in order to increase volume over time. So there is definite advantage, a definite advantage to, you know, in, incorporating multiple rep ranges at multiple percentages uh, of your target one rep max. Um in order to increase strength and ultimately hypertrophy over time, obviously provided your nutrition is on point to do so. Um, so typically what I will do is is at least once a week, I'll hit a higher rep style squat session and a lower rep heavier squat session to make sure that I'm obviously targeting as many muscle fibers as possible whilst working on both strength and hypertrophy style uh, rep ranges basically. Um, but I mean – you definitely can't beat the squat as far as bang for buck exercises goes. It hits your legs, you know, your core, your back. Uh, it absolutely knackers you as far as um, you know, your CNS is concerned. And uh, if you are doing a high rep 
high rep set of squats, it's it's pretty much like cardio. You guys, uh, you guys will know that for sure. Oh yeah, nothing, no. nothing's made me throw up uh, uh, before <laughs> except for squats. It's one of the most yeah. uh, challenging. What what's exercise number two? Exactly, uh, definitely the deadlift again because it just recruits so many muscles. Uh, it's just a huge posterior chain um, targeting exercise. Uh, you know, you, you, you're looking at your your hammies, your glutes, your your lower back, your upper back. Uh, again, there's core activation involved. Um, it's just a hugely demanding exercise. So if you've got uh, a very limited amount of time in the gym, I'd be squatting and deadlifting for sure. Um, there's absolutely no doubt about that. They would be number one and two. From there, uh, again, I'd stick with compound movements. So obviously the bench press or a variation of a bench press is going to be number three for me just to, to essentially round out the full body style approach. Um, squats and deads hit just about every muscle except for the chest and maybe the shoulders. Um, even then, you've got a deadlift that's sort of targeting the rear delts to a certain extent. With uh, the bench press, obviously that helps with, with hitting chest and shoulders. Uh, again, compound movements which incorporate the movement of more than two joints, you're going to be looking at, at using the most amount of muscles. Um, I think an overhead press is probably number four uh, in terms of bang for buck at least. Again, another compound movement. Um, good for obviously targeting the uh, the shoulders and, and the arms. Uh, number five... I mean, probably probably some form of dip. Mm. I think uh, would would round out that process of uh, of hitting the uh, the full body uh, pretty effectively. I think. Well, I, t- try, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, you can. Um, I can almost always, not always, but I can almost always tell when someone trains uh, what I what I call properly. Okay, because I, I personally think there's a right way and a wrong way to train in terms of really maximizing results. I think I can tell you train the right way. When you look at you, um, you look, uh, you're, you're as strong as you look. Um, you could tell your body's functional in that sense. Whereas sometimes you see people on, you know, posing or flexing and, you know, they look cartoonish, but they also don't look, something doesn't look right about them. It looks like they're not, it looks like they'll have problems doing anything outside of the gym. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. So, uh... <laughs> I've always tried to, I guess, practice what I preach. You know, there's a lot of armchair coaches out there, and I think, uh, I think it's it's probably nowadays, unfortunately, uh, almost a point of difference uh, if you if you can, I guess, lead by example. So I've always tried to do that just to. Uh, well, I was I was blown away when I when I saw you because you don't list anywhere and you don't talk about ever uh, much of your personal stats as far as your height, your weight, and things like that. You don't really get into that very much. And I was surprised to see you were damn near almost as tall as I was when I first saw you. I was expecting to see about a 5'8 to a 5'10 guy at best because uh, how aesthetic you are. I was telling the guys, are you, what are you? Are you 6'6'1? Six, six, how tall are you? Yeah, I'm about 6'1. Yeah. So 186 centimeters. And so I'm around 90, I guess 95, 96 kilos, depending on how tight I am with my diet, which uh, at the moment is, is not all that tight. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I guess uh, for you guys, that's around that's two hundred nine pounds. Two hundred, yeah, okay, so two hundred five to ten pounds, something like that. So yeah, I get that a lot actually. I think uh, a lot of people are surprised at how tall I am. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I guess I've been lucky with how I've sort of managed to get my legs to grow. So I think people automatically see that and think, oh, you must be short. So, yeah, no, I, it's that too, and you 
you know, I and I see I meet so many and I've got a lot of buddies that are pro physique and bodybuilding competitors and you know, a majority of people I feel like they they put all their their best physique pictures up and they're all inflated and diced up for a show and they got professional photos. I feel like you you present uh, in real life as good or a better physique than what you present on there, which is rare to see. Normally you run into somebody I feel like and I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, running around these conventions and stuff, you run into somebody like, God, man, I thought he was so much bigger because I've seen all his Instagram. But you're the opposite. And I always like to get that same feeling when someone runs into me. They're like, oh, shit, that guy's a big dude. I didn't realize he was that big until I met him in person. See, that the opposite happens for me. People meet, <laughs> people meet me and they're like, oh, you look bigger on the, on Instagram than you do in person. You know what I find very fascinating? When, I, when we look at some of these people that train uh, a particular way and their body reflects it and uh, it the concepts are very similar because there's some general truths when it comes to fitness. A lot of what you're saying is very uh, very similar to our program maps in terms of undulating. You know, we call it phasing phase. You know, phase one, phase two, phase three. You know, we yep. focus heavily on those big gross motor movements. Um, we we focus on frequency of stimulation um, instead of having you know super long marathon workouts. Um, you know, you do your your workout, but then you you hit the the muscles. You know more frequently to get that that you know protein synthesis uh, activated uh, you know on a, on a frequent basis. Those themes uh, are true among um, a lot of people like yourself. You know trainers who actually have success training other people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, you know going back to the whole sustainability and longevity thing, there are obviously um, different, slightly different approaches within the. Uh, I guess, within the constraints of science that are going to work for, for other people. You know, at the end of the day, if you can continue increasing volume and you're eating enough for your goals, you're going to get to where you want to be, you know, for the most part. Um, and I think if you can obviously for, you know, make those approaches further specific to yourself uh, and in a way that is going to be conducive, conducive to longer-term progress and success, then then absolutely. But you're right in saying that the fundamental principles are all the same. They may be just you know, applied slightly differently. Well, you know, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, but before we sign off, uh, what are your ma- what are your, your best lifts? Give me your best deadlift and your best squat because I, whenever I talk to uh, a guest, uh, I want to make sure I'm stronger than them. And uh, uh, if I'm not, then... Um, <laughs> then it's the last time we have you on the show. Then that's the last time. No, I'm just you know, give, us, give, give us your best deadlift and your best squat. Yeah, what are your... No, and bench. I like to know bench too. Right, bench, bro. squat, and deadlift. What are your PRs? Uh, okay, so I think... Okay, I haven't tested my one rep maxes for a while. Uh, but I think the last time I did a squat, I hit 230 kilos... Uh, so you know, guys. Uh, that's a five hundred pound. That's a five hundred pound squat. Yeah. So that that was for one. Um, I can do four or five for uh, a set of ten. I think. Damn. Uh, and then uh, my deadlift was uh, two two sixty. I think. So about five seventy two pounds. And so, uh, my bench. Uh, yeah. As I mentioned, I had a shoulder injury, so I uh, typically incline bench. Um. So that was around uh, around the three hundred power mark. Thank God, something well, I, it's something I could do better. So, I, so <laughs> you, you, you beat me in everything, but I got you on deadlift by about three pounds. <laughs> so, 
Someone requests you stop deadlifting immediately. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you, yeah, my real friend. Qu- one more thing. Oh, no, real, one more yeah, thing? no, okay. I, w- I want everyone to be able to find. You know, here's the thing oh, too. Yeah, there you go. I've got a. Uh, I do have a, a large waiting list uh, to coach, and um, I would never send any of my people anywhere that I wouldn't uh, highly recommend. You're one of the people that I would love to see. People that can't get in with myself to get into coaching virtually with you. Where are the best places for them to find you? Um, social media wise, website wise, how, what's the best places? Yeah, man. So, uh, you guys can find me on Instagram. My username is Nick Cheadle fitness. Uh, I've also got a Facebook page with, uh, the same name, Nick Cheadle fitness. It's obviously three words on there. Uh, Nick Cheadle fitness.com, uh, is where I do most of my blogging and post all of my articles. There'll be a very new version of that website out shortly. You can also sign up for my free newsletter via my website. And uh, if you guys have any questions or want to get in touch, my email is nick at nickcheadlefitness.com. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, Thanks, right. brother. We'll be in touch, man. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>